When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at K.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Rose for the end zone and it's intercepted. The third Buffalo takeaway today. An end zone throw, that's going to be a Buffalo touchdown to Gabriel Davis. So he's got some blocks. John Brown zooming inside the five. First and goal, Buffalo. Plenty of time for Josh Allen. Wide open, end zone, touchdown, Buffalo Bills. This is the Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. This marks ten. Yep, ten. We've we've made it to ten. I've got a very experienced pro on the other side of this with me today. Um, I'm super excited about uh, my guest. It's another special guest. You guys don't have to listen to me by myself. You know, I told you the first episode that'd be my main goal. That you never just had to listen to me. We'd always get somebody smarter or somebody that can teach us something on here as well. So. Also, the other reason I'm really excited about this is part of the show starting out was I wanted to, you know, really branch out and get more opinions of the Bills and chat with other folks out there and hear more females in the sports industry and stuff like that. My very first guest was Jenna Cottrell, uh, you know, so I started out with a female because uh, I have a strong belief that there's not a lot of you ladies out there that get, you know, recognition for what you're doing and you know a hell of a lot more than a lot of guys do, right? So uh, to be fair, you guys' voices should be heard too. So I'm super excited to have my guest today. Uh, I'm joined by Alexis Craft. Um, she is actually the co-host on the Downtown Rams football podcast, which when I mentioned a pro, uh, they're at like 350 episodes. So I'm, I'm kind of might be wasting your time a little bit having her come down to this level. But Alexis, uh, either way, thanks for being here. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, just let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, episode 10 is still a big deal. You're now in double digits. So right. you're starting to become a pro as well. Um, but yeah, I am the co-host of Downtown Rams, which uh, is a podcast mostly about the LA Rams. Uh, shocker. But we also do a lot of uh, draft stuff every year. Um, the past two years, we've interviewed over... I, want to say over 180 NFL draft prospects. Um, this year was a little different because of COVID. We weren't able to get as many interviews. They just changed their entire process since everything was virtual and it 
uh, kind of uh, was a bummer, but totally understand uh, why they that happened. But still, we're covering the draft, and um, hopefully, I'll be in New York this year. I'm supposed to be in New York this year for the drafts. I'm planning on still going. Not sure if that's going to be able to happen. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that is that basically what's going on with me right now. It's just we're like two and a half weeks, I think, from the draft, which is like a really crazy time, as you know, especially with the news that broke today that we're going to talk about. It's like things are just it's madness. It's real April madness. <laughs> right. April madness. I know we're carrying it over. Well, it officially ends in April. Right. It, right. It's funny because uh, we were we were chatting a little bit prior to this and we were supposed to do this a little later in the day. Right. So this is actually, we're recording on April 5th. You guys won't hear this until the following Monday. So I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that there's going to be a national championship game played today. Right. I was watching the women's national championship yesterday and I'm like, Oh, wait a second. The game's going to be played tomorrow and we're supposed to record right in the middle of the game. I wonder how she feels about that. I'm yeah, that's why I had no problem moving this time <laughs> because I'm very invested in March Madness as I know everyone else probably is as well. Um, but I also have Baylor win it. Like they're my winner in one of my brackets. I did two big brackets. Oh. One, I had Illinois winning, which obviously went poorly. And then the other one was Baylor. So I am wanting Baylor to win. I, I won't be too upset, I guess, if Gonzaga wins as well. But did did you watch the game? I'm assuming you did two nights ago. The Gonzaga yeah. UCL. Yeah. Oh man, my heart rate did it not. It was a great down game. For hours. You felt so terrible. Yeah. For UCLA, right? But on the other side of it, I felt like going into this tournament, I had picked Michigan initially. I thought they could perform a little better, but. I figured that it was going to be the best teams in the country this go around, right? I was very happy with all of the extra action that we got this year where all the, there were so many seeds making runs deep into the tournament, which made it so much more fun. I thought, I thought this is one of the best tournaments we've had in a very long time, but it truly is the two best teams in the country. I think are going to play tonight, right? The same as yesterday in the women's game. It was very interesting, right? Cause Arizona came in and they knocked off Connecticut who everybody presumes, but I think every year almost thinks that maybe they're just going to get to the semifinal and lose again because that's what's happening to them right now. Yeah. But another awesome feat, you know, for Stanford women but like you mentioned the thing with Gonzaga that I kind of am leaning towards is I love history and if they could be the one of the like the second team since it's like 76 I think is when Reggie Miller in Indiana went undefeated and won the championship Mm. to then go undefeated the whole year and win the national championship that's pretty special yeah I mean like I said I have the only reason I'm wanting Baylor to win is so my bracket stays someone intact uh but i won't be that mad if gonzaga wins especially for that are you gonna win any money um i don't know because i it's weird and i'm not good at bracket stuff but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i still won't have the highest points in my bracket even though i get got the winner correct the winner right really crazy about this bracket is a week ago a week and a half ago i had a 96 percent accuracy wow i have a screenshot of it to prove it um but then things went really poorly for me in the last week so even if i get the winner correct i don't think i got enough matchups correct to be able to like come out on top that way um but i did pretty good in it um but yeah i just i was really rooting for ucla against gonzaga i just i'm an underdog fan and they were the underdogs by far 11 seed final four and 
oh man, the way they lost is so heartbreaking too, because that was like, listen, it was an amazing shot by Suggs. It really was. Mm -hmm. But let's be real. It also is a lot of luck. Like anybody could have won that game. He threw it up. The timer went off. He was basically, he wasn't at half court, but he was almost. And so like. Just inside, right. Yeah. yeah, So it's kind of like, just what are the odds? I mean. He did play a phenomenal game though. He did. So if anybody did deserve to get that luck, it should have been him because he did play phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, he was, he was the uh, Tiger Campbell and Juzang of Gonzaga from UCLA. Right. And Um, and that kid for Juzang was like you knew that he was going to be the guy, right? And he was still just making it happen. I know. You know, he's a great player too. And I really actually appreciated that afterwards when they were interviewing uh, Suggs, he mentioned him and Mm -hmm. said how great of a player he was, right? Like, that's cool. That's super classy. You don't see that that much in sports anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just such a, as, as big of a win and like awesome thing it is for Gonzaga it's that much of a heartbreak for you so LA but I mean what a game for us viewers to just watch like right it was a battle to the last second like anybody could have won that yeah, game the first one was a dud yeah, yeah the first game was a dud nobody wants to watch a 20 point blowout well, I didn't even you know, finish it the like, one and two seed right like once Baylor started running away with it I was just like all right I have no interest in, in watching this um but yeah the the second game was just i mean that was probably the best march madness game that i've ever seen in my lifetime yeah and but i also am not like um, yeah it was a great game i mean i grew up in the uh the fab five era so there were some pretty incredible games back then with michigan in the fab five yeah, area but my, that my, yeah I, I agree my uncle is a michigan fan he went to michigan and he uh, i was when he, when Michigan was in it, we watched a couple of games together and he was mentioning the fab vibe to me. And I was like, that's a little bit before my time. Um, I don't recall that. Um, but I do know who those players are and they were very good. Right here. Yeah. It was an incredible team that lost on the dumb, one of the dumbest plays of like all time, you know, by Chris Weber. But besides that, it was awesome. So, and obviously you're good at predicting things because I've also, uh, we follow each other on Twitter and stuff. And I see that you, you let out a little tweet earlier before you came on that you did actually predict that there was going to be a little bit of a move with Darnold and the Panthers before this even took place. So we'll give you your chance to give, uh, give your credit where it's due. You're uh, pretty good at picking ahead ahead, right? I am. It's a it's a fun little gift that I have. But also, I think with this move, it wasn't it was a no brainer as well. So I don't want to give myself too much credit. I mean, I I don't think uh, I don't think it's was so out of left field to predict Sam Darnold to the Panthers Um, just based on fit and based on, you know, recent reports that have been coming out that the Jets love Zach Wilson and they basically told him that that he's their pick and they've talked to his family and they've kind of already done all that. So I think it was pretty obvious to me that Sam Darnold was going to be moved, but I also thought he was going to be moved from the beginning. I've been saying he's going to be moved for months. I wasn't entirely sure where at first, but I did say it was going to be Carolina or Chicago. And in the past couple of weeks, I felt that it was going to be Carolina because I just think Chicago is a nightmare and I don't think they know what they're doing. And I can say that because I live in Chicago and my entire family is Bears fans. I'm not, but I'm very, you know, in tune with the Bears organization and what they're doing and 
all that. And it became obvious to me that Darnold was just not going to be someone they pursued, even though I think they should have. So then that's when I really started setting my sights on Carolina for him. And all the mock drafts that I've done, I've had uh, Carolina trading for Sam Darnold. Um, I I just thought that they were going to ask for a second this year. Like I straight up kept saying that they were uh, Carolina was going to send a 2021 second to the Jets for Sam Darnold. And that was going to be it. Just a very easy, simple trade. And I was wrong on that. But I did think that that was where he was going to end up. What's really funny about all this is in true Jet fashion, uh, not like two days ago, they released like all their promo material for the season and Sam Darnold's all over it. Right, like he's everywhere. Like you would think you would have just waited if you really thought that you were going to be doing this, or like after the draft, or just leave it to like an unnamed thing at this point in time. But yeah, I'm okay. I I, I agree with you 100. percent I thought the Jets, if they they had one one of two choices, you either move Sam Darnold or you s- just move the second pick and you get everything you can and you try to continue to build around Sam Darnold. Right, those are like you two your two options. That's like really what you and. As much as he's looked terrible and he's been semi-terrible numbers-wise and things like that, he hasn't had any kind of structure around him. Right. And his coach the past few years is terrible. Exactly. So I think Darnold is going to be a good fit down there because it's more his style. You know, Rule likes to throw the ball around. He likes to be open and fast and aggressive. You know, Darnold's at USC. He didn't come from this organization that was based on the run. Right. You know, he had playmakers all over the field with him all the time. That's what he was used to playing in. And he's actually got somebody that might be able to protect him for a change in Carolina. So we'll see. What were your initial thoughts? So you obviously thought a long time ago it was a good fit. Yeah. Now that you see it take place, do you still think that with the current situation? Because now you've got Teddy. You, what are you going to do with Teddy now? Right. He's got big money. You gave up nothing for Darnold, too. That's another well, reason I like it. You know, I think they're going to have to get rid of Teddy. I think they're going to have to trade him. Um, and it's interesting because when I, when I originally thought was going to happen is I thought the Jets were going to go after Deshaun Watson, um, back, you know, before obviously all of this stuff came out, uh, about him, I thought they were going to go after Deshaun Watson because it was very obvious that Watson wasn't going to play for the Texans. He was very clear on that, that he wanted out. And to me, the only organization that made sense was the Jets because of all that they could give the Texans asset wise. They have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of capital. So I thought that was going to happen. And I still thought that then the Jets would trade Sam to the Panthers. Now, obviously the Jets are not trading for Deshaun Watson. Um, Most likely no one is at least for a while. So I think that, the Panthers should trade Teddy to the Texans. Now I feel bad about that because I think the Texans are a dumpster fire and I like Teddy Bridgewater. So I would feel bad if he ended up on the Texans. But to me, it makes sense because at this point, I don't think the Texans have a quarterback and they do not pick high enough in this draft to get a a true starter. So the Texans are going to have to find a free agent and I, or trade for somebody. And I think it's, Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to be a starter. Um, I don't think he will start over Sam Darnold, especially for the, you know, the trade that just went down. So I think that that's what the Panthers are going to do. Um, I think that, that Sam is a starter and I think that Teddy's going to end up starting for the Texans. I could be wrong. The Texans would be wise to inquire about Teddy, but also the Texans are not very wise. So We'll see. They, they, I could see them also going after like Alex Smith or something. But um, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting because Teddy carries a lot of money too, right? So that you have to situate how how that's going to look because you're paying their quarterback. That's I agree with you. I'm not whether Watson decides he wants to play there because it's his choice or he gets told that he's not going to be playing there this year. I, I don't think they have a quarterback right now either. So I think Teddy does become a very viable option, especially because you could look at him as somebody could be there a few years for you, right? He's, it's not like he's old and he's, he's not great, but if you, he would give you an opportunity to start building a football team that just needed a quarterback instead of a football team that needs everything from the top to the bottom. Right. Is what it feels like. Or anytime that they get a good player right now, that good player just says, yo, I want out of here. Like, I'm not going to play football here. Right. Which is very funny because it's a tax friendly state. A lot of guys would go there for those reasons where they get so much more of their money. And now they're just like, yeah, no, this place is terrible. Yeah. Right? The like, organization it's just, it's, is just they bad. haven't done anything right for three, four years. Right. Yeah. It's it's not a destination that players want to go to. I think you know, and I think there's, there's just a lot going on there right now. And I feel bad for, for any player that ends up there, um, especially players I like, like Teddy, I would, you know, but I do think that it makes sense for the Texans. And I think it would make sense for the Panthers to trade him uh, because I don't see a situation where you keep Sam and Teddy on the same team. I just think Teddy's too good right now to be benched. So we'll see. I mean, he could end up somewhere else, but that's where I imagine that he's going to go or and where I kind of think he should go. Uh, but yeah, I really, I just like this move. I just like, I, I'm happy. I've always liked Sam Darnold. I think he's a good quarterback who has had no help. And I think he's finally going to have that. And I think that the next couple of years, he's going to be able to really show, you know, if he's worth it or not. And I think he is. Um, and you know, as a Bills fan, you can pretty much now count on Zach Wilson uh, coming into your division. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm a big fan of him. I think he's good. I'm okay with that because uh, I, it's going to be hard for I think for any quarterback still to come into that division as a rookie and really perform right out of the gate. Yeah. Right, it's going to take him a couple of years. So if anything, I feel like we would have a still a, like almost a year, year and a half, if not two year head start on the jets, but I do a hundred percent believe that Joe Douglas is a great GM and he reminds me very much of Brandon Bean and what he's doing. So I, I, there's a build that's being done in, in New Jersey. I'm not going to call it New York cause that's not where they're at. And there's a build being done in Miami. I mm-hmm. mean, Miami has a ton of picks. They are also looking for a quarterback, I think too. Uh, but to me, we're still situated. Okay. But it, it's going to be a challenging division moving forward. It'll be nice to actually see the Patriots hopefully fall to the bottom for a while. Right. And they can be the bottom feeder while everybody else gets to have a little bit of fun. So I'm okay with it. Well, what's interesting is I actually, I think that in this first round, the dolphins this year, I think they're going after Devonta Smith. And I think that they're going to try and get Najee Harris. I think they're going to try and get both of them. And I think that they can, I, I think I think Harris will fall to that second Miami pick. I could be wrong. A lot of people don't think he will, but I think that they're going to rock with Tua and I think that they're going to get him as two guys from Alabama. And I don't know if it'll work or not, um, but that's what the vibe that I've gotten. And that's what I kind of think is going to happen. I could be wrong. Uh, But I do think they're going to go with Tua this year, just just based on when they, they moved picks to me, you don't do that. If you're actually trying to target a quarterback, because I, I think the first four quarterbacks are going to go the first four picks. 
Yeah, I've been trending that way myself as well. I think- I, and I agree with you a little bit on the Dolphin side of it. I've been envisioning uh, a Pitts, Smith, or Harris in some form or fashion that Miami is going to potentially get two of the top playmakers at running back wide receiver or tight end, right? Mm -hmm. They could easily score at any one of those positions. I think Pitts could be there for them, especially if all four quarterbacks go right off the bat, because you you can't pass on offensive tackle after that. You can't pass. If you're the fifth pick, you do not pass on this best offensive tackle in the draft like you you can't do it right so you start getting into smith and these guys start kind of trending back a little bit so they're gonna be there right they're absolutely gonna be there and i agree the running backs are actually i think all three of them are gonna be there very late i'm not gonna be surprised if all three of the top backs are there and the only reason i don't think miami does it is because of Brian Flores likes the defensive side of the ball. So the second pick, I'm not 100% sure they're going to go to the running back, even though it could be there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I I think that they – I think they will, but I, I have no idea. I mean, it's possible they even trade back farther if there's not someone they like there. I mean, they have a lot of – Well, cap- they need offense. I 100% agree with that. I, that's why I, I agree with that trend of wide receiver running back if they can get one of the top two guys. Because then, I mean, to a, he, to me, the only thing I knock on him so far is I just haven't – there's a certain route tree that he doesn't throw. And it's to the outside of the field, you know, and sometimes that's exactly what you need, especially when you're going to be trying to win a game late, right? You've you got to get quick – passes to the outside that and he doesn't tend to like to throw that ball but besides that I think he's very capable of winning especially if you start just stacking tons of offensive playmakers around him right it's it's throw a quick slant to Smith and let him run for 12 yards you know let Najee Harris run for six yards like you become very dynamic and then Tua could actually run around again right in the current situation he can't really do that so I don't I'm not sold on him I I'm kind of still have the Alabama quarterback train. I don't jump on it because I have not seen one of them be successful in the NFL. They right. just, there's none of them that have been good at it. Well, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's a, a franchise guy, but I think he's still the guy for this year. I, I yeah, I agree with that. He's the guy for this year. And I think that they're going to try to give him guys like Devonta and Najee Harris and say, okay, but now let's see what you can do. But, um, uh, what was I going to say? But I, I do think that the first, I, I think that uh, obviously Lawrence Wilson, Fields, and then Lance are going to go. And I think the Falcons will take Lance. I really do think that because Matt Ryan is uh, older. I mean, and I think Lance is the kind of quarterback that doesn't maybe start right away. I think he's like very talented, but I do think that they try to sit him and then he either comes in halfway through the season or next season or something. But the Patriots, and I, just, I only bring this up because they're in your division. Um, do you think that they like Mac Jones at fifteen, or not? I don't see them. I don't see them going after a quarterback there. I, Bill, he just he does. He, it's almost like he refuses to do that, right? And, and I just and I like I just mentioned, I'm I'm not a fan of the Alabama quarterback, and I know there's the connection between him and Saban, and it goes back a long time and all that. But I don't believe that Mac Jones is the guy, and I don't think New England has all of the pieces necessary for somebody like that to be successful. Yeah, I kind of don't think. So. I, I don't think he should. Realistically, I'm not sure he should be a first round quarterback. 
I typically don't think so, but I think he might go at the end of the first if he's a guy that one of those teams really likes. But I, I think Matt Jones is like I mentioned Trey Lance. I think he's in the same boat. I think he's a guy that won't start right away. Um, you know, I, I could see maybe the Falcons taking him. If, if the Falcons don't take Trey Lance at four, which I kind of think that they will, if they don't, I could see them taking Matt Jones in like the second or like a team that picks like within the first five picks in the second round, grabbing a guy that they think they can turn into their franchise quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I think that there's a significant drop off between the first four guys and then Matt Jones. I think most people feel that way. So we'll see. But I do think it's just interesting that people bring that up about the Patriots because of that connection with Belichick and Saban. They, they, you know, want to know, but I don't know. He was at his pro day. I don't, I don't think Mac Jones did that well at his pro day. So the only thing I saw from it was like there, they, somebody caught a video of like Jones threw a terrible pass and somebody panned to bill immediately and he was just shaking his head. No, or whatever, (laughs) like, you know, like, so I actually think that, there's a major drop off from the only quarterback at number one and the rest of the guys are questionable of how successful they're truly going to be in the NFL. This is not an easy thing to do. We've watched a lot of guys who were supposed to be great quarterbacks come into this league and really have a hard time with it for a couple of years. Right. So it's a lot to really bank your franchise on these guys. We did it with Josh Allen years ago and it was not pretty the first year. I mean, we made the playoffs, but there's, there's hurdles and there's bumps and you, you got to hope you're right. And you've got to have a lot of pieces around them, right? Like they, they can't just always do it by themselves. Well, I, I honestly, and I don't, I'm not sure what it is, why I feel this way, but I'm, I think that Trevor Lawrence is pretty overhyped. And I know that sounds really insane. No, I agree with that. Actually. I'm just saying out of this whole group, he's the only one that I would actually be like, yeah, you, you have to play him because he's the number one pick, but I'm not sold on him either. He's, he's small to me. He, his, his, his frame is dangerous to me in the NFL. It may, yeah. And I don't know what it is when I watch him play, but you see it all the time. You see these quarterbacks that are so good in college, but it doesn't translate to the NFL and for a lot of different reasons. And when I watch him, there's something to me that has a hard time putting him in the NFL, which sounds it's crazy his size to me. I look at him and I'm Maybe, like, he's going to get killed. <laughs> I just I just feel like, you know, he had the best players in the world at Clemson. It was a very good program. Um, there was not a lot of adversity that he faced. And I don't that's not on him because he doesn't control his team. He doesn't control who he plays or whatever. So it's not a knock on him. But it's almost like he was too good. It was almost like it was too perfect. It, it and it, I feel like it, it, there's a chance that it could be a really rude awakening when he hits the NFL, that it's not, not everything's going to be laid out for you. You're not going to have all the best players anymore. Um, and he could certainly adapt to that. Like he, you know, and I, I'm not saying he won't, but there is something about Trevor Lawrence to me that doesn't quite add up when I picture him in the NFL. I don't, I don't think it's a size thing for me. I just think it's the style of play. I think it's his, you know, who he's had around him. And I'm also just not sold on that Jacksonville team and Urban Meyer. I, it just seems weird to me. I don't know. I don't get great vibes from it. And I don't necessarily care because I have no allegiance to Jacksonville. So I don't have feelings about it too strongly. But I'm not going to be surprised if it's a total nightmare 
this season and maybe even next season for him in Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville is not good. And they are the England Jaguars is basically what's taking place, right? So he's going to be the face of the NFL franchise in England when this is all said and done, right? But if you go and look at the way that Joe Burrow was thrashed in the first six, seven weeks of the NFL season, this kid's in trouble. Like it's, it's hard. This is not easy, no matter how good you are, right? This is hard. And especially like you mentioned, that's why I have a hard time with the Alabama quarterbacks is because there's such a thing as Alabama open. When you're playing with three of the best wide receivers in the country on every single play, it, things are a little easier. Well, right. Not that they're easy. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, like for a guy that's supposed to be able to do it. It's just like, well, two things about, I, I do think the Jaguars will relocate, but I don't think it's going to be to England. I think it might be to St. Louis. Call me crazy. I know I'm from there, but just begging for a team again. uh, Listen, St. Louis swears that they're done with the NFL and you know, everyone there's still pretty pissed, but it makes a lot of sense for the Jaguars to be in St. Louis because everyone in that division is not that far. Like tenant, like the Titans are in that. It does make sense that way. Five hours. Yeah. It's three hours to Indianapolis from downtown St. Louis and uh, Titans, Indianapolis and, and Houston's a little far, I guess, but that's, not still it's central crazy. it's still central so like and the owner the guy who owns the jacksonville jaguars is from the st louis area so i'm just saying shot Khan. is that his name i think that's his name yeah. yep that's um, right yep. it's from st louis so i've been saying everyone's always talking about london that does not make sense st louis makes sense that's all I have to say about that. I think that's what's going to happen. But somebody's got to go, though, right? Don't you agree that in some form or fashion, or there's at least going to be a team there? No, I really don't because I don't think it makes sense from a scheduling perspective, and just a, a like it just doesn't. It would just be such a nightmare for the people who played for that team because it's oh, it like, would. But the NFL rolls with dollars and cents, right? So they say, right? But I think we'll pay you this much more money to do this. Yeah, but I no one will no one will want to do it. Because if you think about it, most of the players live here and they're like, what am I supposed to do? Like most people most players own two homes. They have like their primary residence and then they have a residence in the city they play in. You're not going to do that when you are dealing with the United States and like another country, especially one as far as the UK. I just don't think it makes sense. I think I think what makes more sense is scheduling like having 16 weeks maybe of games to where each team and I don't know my math isn't good so maybe you'd have to have some player teams go there twice but I think it makes sense to do like more games there or like something like that I don't think it makes sense to move a team there like permanently maybe I don't just know. do like send three or four teams over there maybe six teams over there and do like a three-week stretch where they all play each other over there and yeah. then they all just come back. Something, but I don't think it, yeah. I do like your point, though, that it would be a major challenge. And fortunately for the players, they do have a players union that would probably shut that down, right? Yeah. Which is a good thing. The NFL will continue to try to push it, right? But that's interesting. Uh, St. Louis, so what would you then call said football team in St. Louis? They'd be the St. Louis Jaguars? Probably. I think it would just be like a city change. I think they, because the Jaguars are relatively new anyway. So it's not, right. it's not like they have like 150 years of, or a hundred years of history there in Jacksonville. to where you'd be like, you know what, leave the name in Jacksonville and rebrand. I don't think it's like that sacred. 
well, I don't want to speak for the city of Jacksonville, but usually when you, you, you see things like that where they've been there a long time, they rebrand, but you know, you look at like the Colts going from Baltimore to Indianapolis and just keeping the name, the, you know, Colts and then changing right. the city. So I would kind of think that would be the case. Um, I, I think it, I think St. Louis would probably prefer a new name or something that would like maybe tie them to the city more, but I don't know. I just think it makes more sense. I think if Jacksonville or if the Jaguars are going to go anywhere, I think St. Louis makes the most sense. I just don't see any other location in the U S you should find out if uh, Vegas has any odds on this and you should, you should lay it down and just put some money down on your prediction. You've, you've hit on a couple others so far. So. I will be the ambassador and lead the front on this charge. Um, the, the only reason why I don't know if it would happen is I don't think St. Louis would take a team right now. I mean, St. Louis is like in a literal legal battle with the NFL right now. So right. I don't. So the NFL is probably be like, well, maybe that's how they get them back, though. That's what I thought. I thought maybe, maybe because the NFL is going to lose. Like, that's not just me being like they they are going to lose. And I have thought, well, maybe the NFL, instead of just having to pay St. Louis all this money, will be like, we'll give you the Jaguars. Just give you a team. Yeah. yeah hey, have a team. <laughs> right. Hey, here's a team. We don't want to pay you all this money. Um, so we'll work out a deal. We'll give you the, the Jaguars. has a bunch of money, so he's going to put it into your community. Right. So yeah. So I. Easy yeah. way to give back. I mean, listen, I. I'm all for it. I know there's a lot of people there that are, are so mad that they probably wouldn't be. But I do think. I do think that they would take a team if they felt that they were going to be treated right. So we'll see. But I don't know if they can stay in Jacksonville much longer just based on those. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, well, they're hanging it all on this pick, I think. Right. I mean, that's kind of the thing. But what's going to be interesting right, is even if he's successful in like four years, that will probably be when they would make the move because the team would have the most value. Right. So they would be like, hey, let's go now. Yeah. And I think um, and I'm not that up to date on it. They have to build and they're supposed to build a new stadium as well because um, of their agreement or whatever is that they they're supposed to get a new stadium. And I think that the city shot it down. And that was like six months ago, I think, like the Jaguars proposed a new stadium plan and the city was like, this doesn't work for us. And that's usually why teams that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the NFL has they can set the bar as high as they want. Right. And be like, yeah, no, that's not good enough. That's what happened in St. Louis. Like we had an entire amazing, beautiful plan. And they're like, you know what? We just don't want to deal with it. So, no. Yeah. Right. Like, Like, yeah, no, there's a better plan. Yeah. I mean, the NFL calls the shots. I mean, let's be real. They they're. Yeah. We saw that in St. Louis. They don't necessarily play by the rules when they don't want to. But. Yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't switch my allegiance to the Jaguars if they moved. Um, they well, they'd be my AFC team, I guess. But they wouldn't be my yeah. favorite team, especially because I don't live there anymore. Like maybe if I still lived in St. Louis, it'd be different. But who knows? I'm just saying, guys. Remember, I said this in three years when it's the St. Louis Jaguars. <laughs> In the I like playoffs. Yeah. I've seen you hit things so far, so I'm not going to discount it until I've seen it not happen. But let, so I've heard you. So you're from St. Louis. That's where the fandom comes from. You're in Chicago now. Yep. Let's talk about your football team that you're an actual fan of, because you guys made a massive move this offseason that is not only changed your franchise for the next seven years, essentially, by giving up its first round picks, but you're now looking to flip the script, essentially. Right. Basically, it's it's, you know, I think I think 
and I don't know how much you watch of the Rams last season, um, but as someone who watched every game, um, I can tell you that the thing holding the Rams back, and it wasn't it wasn't just Jared Goff, but it was mostly Jared Goff, and that was a pretty obvious. Uh, thing to many Rams fans, uh, you know, Sean McVay had to drastically alter his play calling because Jared Goff just couldn't do certain stuff. And with the stuff that he was doing, he wasn't doing well. And, you know, he had a big accuracy problem, some questionable decisions. And he just, he just, you know, hasn't been the same the past couple of seasons. And so it became very obvious that the Rams wanted to move on from Jerry Goff. I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. Um, I wasn't sure if they could do it because he has a large contract. And, you know, the the Matt Stafford trade um, was a little surprising to me how much we gave up. I was not a fan of it. I felt like it was too much. But Sean McVay really loves Matthew Stafford and has for a while. And so I think he was going to do whatever he had to do to get, get him whatever that took. And also the GM of the lions just came from the Rams, uh, Brad Holmes. Uh, he was forgetting the position he was with the Rams, but the past couple months he took a new job just before that trade with the lions. So there's a connection there with Jared Goff. He knows him. And so I think the trade made sense. I don't like how much we gave up for him. I don't, especially because he only has one year left on his contract. So there's a very real possibility that Matthew Stafford plays one season with us and then leaves. And we don't have a first round pick for seven years. That is very scary to me. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, unless this season is a nightmare for whatever reason, I don't think it will be. But if things just go wrong in every single way and Matthew Stafford is like, you know what, I don't want to be here. This didn't work out. And he leaves. That's going to be a very big uh disappointment to Rams fans because we we did give up a lot for him but I don't think it's going to go that way I think I think it, there's a lot of pressure on McVay though I think there's a lot of pressure on McVay and for Stafford because now there's no excuse I mean you have a really good quarterback we have a lot of weapons and McVay is going to get to do what he wanted to do and if it doesn't work out then I think that's going to be a big bummer and, and him and RGM are going to have some things to answer for do you think that we're finding out that McVay is not that good of a coach? I think, well, this puts me in a tough position to answer this question. I'll tell you why I kind but, of think at first, maybe to like, cause I, he's mortgage. Uh, this is absolutely, you would agree mortgaging everything on him though. Right. Saying, yeah. just give me this guy and I promise you will win. Right. That That's what it feels like. Yeah. If he doesn't do it, then yeah. I mean, if he, he has no excuse and this is what I've said on my podcast now, or, or a few nights ago, I said, if it doesn't work, if this doesn't work this year, um, there's a, a lot of people are going to have to answer for that. But McVeigh is really going to have to answer for it because he has the guy that he wants and claims he's going to get it done with. And if he doesn't do it, I think that's on him. And I think that's going to expose a lot about him. I mean, listen, the year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl, I mean, he was kind of the wonder boy, McVay. He just was doing stuff no one ever seen, whatever. But then we all saw, everyone saw it. And the next season, mm-hmm. he did not respond to that. He didn't adjust. And that's why the Rams, I mean, Jared Goff also declined rapidly. But when McVay didn't adjust for that, 
you know, he didn't come up with any new tricks. He wasn't able to fool anybody anymore. He's kind of been in a rut. I mean, he's, I think mm-hmm. he's still, I think he still has it a little, but I think he has to, he's, he was acting like it was the quarterback. He was, he was saying it was golf. And now we're going to see if that's true. I mean, if he can't do it with Stafford, then I don't think he, he just can't do it. And he must've just, you know, he tricked everybody <laughs> right that season. But I do think there's a little truth there. I think, I think he was, it feels weird for me to say that McVay was overhyped because I do think he did something really special that season. Um, I think he took a lot of people off, you know, off guard and did a lot of stuff that hadn't been done before. And that's great, but you have to be able to keep going if you want to be considered, you know, a great coach. You have to adapt. And he's been struggling with that. So we're going to see if he can uh, turn it around or not. Yeah, to me, it feels like they've run the same offense for the past three years. Yeah. Right. And it's it's like you, you need to be able to change. But I I'm fairly critical you know, of coaches because I watched so many of them go through Buffalo for years. Right. So it's like, but to me, he, he did do an incredible thing that year, but he did have an incredible football team too. Right. Like it was, there was a good thing going on all around the building and like what you're uh, sticking in your division a little bit. I would say that out of the coaches in your division, uh, he's probably the third best. And that's only because I have to put Klingsburg at the bottom because I think he's terrible, but Shanahan, I think is a very good coach and I'm not a massive Pete Carroll fan, but they've done it consistently. Right. And they, they prove that it's not just the coach it's, you have to build and be able to continue to progress as a team. Right. Cause you can't keep all your pieces and McVeigh at times feels to me like he feels like he has all the same pieces and it's just going to work the same, but it's like, no, you, you don't have the same pieces. Right. But I thought the Stafford move was a good move for both guys, whether it works out for the teams. I don't know. It was a good move for both guys though. Stafford needed a fresh start. Detroit needed a fresh start. I don't think Detroit's getting the fresh start. It's going to need, but they needed a chance to look at something different too. Right. And they're no longer tied to this guy that's been carrying their franchise for years. Like if they don't like golf after this year, they can be like, boo, we do not like this guy. Get him out of here. Whatever. Right. They, they can, cause every time you knew it was, they love Stafford. And they felt so bad for the guy that besides Calvin Johnson years, there hasn't been much. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think, well, there's two, two things. First on the, on the coaching thing, I have to disagree about the coaches in our division and I could be biased, but I am not a Pete Carroll fan. Never have been. And clean. Be fair. I only rank him up there because of his winning. Cause I absolutely don't like him either. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's attributed to him, though. I mean, I guess a little bit, but I think Russell Wilson is just insane. Um, I give him that. Mm -hmm. I do think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in our division. I do if right now still. I hate to say that, but uh, Klingsbury. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't hate him, but I think it's just very early for him. And I I wasn't. He has some good good players, and I, I like Kyler. But uh, Shanahan, I just think, is very overrated. And I'm not just saying that as, like, a Rams fan. I think that – I think Shanahan is good. Like, to me, I would go McVay-Shanahan. Okay. But I – I actually do agree with you on this a little bit, that I if they were – that coaching division over there, I feel like they're all a little bit of a one-trick pony. Like they have one thing that they're really good at, but as soon as that doesn't start working, mm-hmm. 
they don't really know how to get away from it. Yeah. Right? Think- and they try to just stick with it and it doesn't always pan out for them. Shanahan loves his run game. McVeigh loves the play action game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and then Klingsburg, he just, I, I don't think he loves the game at this point. I, each week I'm like, he doesn't even want to be here. Right. Like, cause it's like, he just seems this is very, the best like, coach that they're doing. I don't know. Klings- he feels like Adam Gase to me at times. I feel like Klingsbury loves attention. Yeah. I, I don't think so he's he, here for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I just don't think he's like, I don't know. I don't think he's a long-term solution guy, but um, as he wasn't as, winning in college really either, right? It's not like he was a stud winner everywhere as he went. That was the other piece of it for me is like he's he came if you want to talk about hype, he came in with hype, right? And then he got handed who I'm not convinced is a great quarterback yet either in the NFL and Murray, but he's been handed good pieces and he's had a good football team and hasn't been successful with it. Your division's tough. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is. But it's not going to get easy. Well, it's not going to get easy, right? No, I mean, I think if anything, what was frustrating for me this offseason is I felt like the NFC West, except for the exception of like Seattle, got better, and the Rams. I don't know if we necessarily, other than Stafford, like what Deshaun Jackson. (laughs) Like, I mean, we didn't like. um, But as far as the Matthew Stafford Jared Goff thing goes, I think if anything the fresh start was very much needed for both of them. And I also think that Stafford has no excuse now because I think in Detroit, I mean, he was playing really well, but he didn't have help. He had nobody. He's going to have people in in LA. He's got a lot of weapons. Um, And I think, you know, we talk about McVay. This is his prove it year. I think it is for Stafford as well. I think it is for both of them. I think there's a lot of pressure on both of them because if they don't do something great this year, then there's going to be a lot of questions going around the building of, of why that is. Cause there's not much of an excuse and we'll see how the draft goes as well. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do in the draft, but yeah, I just think as you mentioned, the NFC West is, is tough. And I think the Cardinals more than anyone got better this off season as far as free agency went i mean they added just a lot of people so that was a bummer and they always seem to draft the cardinals in seattle always draft who i want <laughs> it never fails that everyone i want comes to nfc west uh so we'll see specifically dk metcalf who i love and i figured he'd end up in our division and he did yeah it's gonna be interesting to see because i th- what San Fran does, right? I mean, like they're potentially going to be bringing a brand new quarterback into the into the division, and that's not going to be good for them. I mean, we've seen so far that guys that are supposed to be good that come in as rookie quarterbacks, they tend to struggle walking into that division, right? It's not super easy. Russell blew it out of the water. Goff had a good year, but Kyler struggled for a couple of years. Jimmy, I mean, I, I, I've never been a Jimmy fan, so, but like, I think that division is just not a very easy division to walk into as a rookie quarterback. So the Niners are going to be in a tough position again this year, even though they're getting a lot of players back and they should be healthy. I'm not sure that they have weapons besides Kittle. You know, and their run game is good and they've got multiple guys, but the outside, I'm not really seeing like massive wide receiver weapons and that type of stuff. So I feel like it's going to be a Seattle potential division again or just all over the place again. I don't know. The the NFC West the past couple of years has been just like you guys can't get out of your own way. Right. Because it's been so competitive. I think the Rams will win the NFC West. I do think that. 
Um, if if Stafford plays how he's been playing or better, hopefully, I mean, he should be playing better than he was playing in Detroit, given, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he's on a much better team now. Um, the, Seattle, to me, so I, I think that the car, it was such a funny thing. Like when J.J. Watt went to the Cardinals <laughs> and he was talking about he wanted to go to a contender, I'm like, okay, you're going to a team that's going to get third in the division. I mean, realistically, I don't care how many guys that they added. Um, I just don't see them doing that well. Maybe, but but as of late, I think that maybe the Cardinals could get second because Seattle, to me, other than Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, they just, they don't, um, you know, they've got Tyler Lockett, but they, they just don't seem to have a lot of pieces. They seem to lose more than they gain in Seattle. So we'll see. When well, Russell's frustrated too, apparently, right? So I really you never know. Want it out? I, I think he probably still does one out, but I just think Seattle's like no way because Seattle. The only way Seattle, I think, would have given him up is if they had a traded him to a team with a high enough draft pick to get one of the quarterbacks they wanted, like like maybe the Jets. Um, that's really it. That could have been the only team that I could have seen giving him up. I know he supposedly wanted to go to Chicago which seems strange to me. Um, I do know that Chicago really went hard after him and Seattle was just like, nope, we're not giving him up, which I hope they meant because in my mind, I was like, if they said that and then Chicago went and signed Andy Dalton and Russell Wilson gets traded somewhere else, my family will freak out and be so <laughs> outraged. I would have been outraged by it because I really wanted him in Chicago as well. But uh We'll see. I, I think that it's going to be a tough division. I still do think that the Rams are going to win it. I could be wrong, but that's what I think is going to happen. Well, I think with Russell, it eventually boiled down to Pete Carroll realized that he would be exposed if he let Russell Wilson leave. Right. Then everybody realized that he's really not a good football coach. And then he would be on his way out. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, your division each year, I think no matter who they think is going to be the winner when you go into it, some way or another, it's going to flip flop through the season. That division plays itself so tight each and every year. So it's going to be fun to see. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit over to uh, the Buffalo Bills. What's your what's your take on the Buffalo Bills and uh, their future and moving forward? I love the Bills. I mean, I've been a Josh Allen stand since the draft when he was drafted before he was drafted. Um, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks, and I took a lot of heat when I said that he's going to be an elite quarterback and everyone was like, you're out of your mind. You don't know what you're talking about, whatever. I know it took a while for him to get there. It wasn't like he was just amazing out the gate. I mean, he struggled as most quarterbacks do, but I, you know, I think he's very good. And I think the team is very good. I love what your GM and coach, um, his name is slipping, not McDermott's a coach, but who's your GM? Brandon Bean. Yes. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Bean. Bean. I love what he's done the past couple of years. I think you've drafted a lot of really good quality guys. Um, and I just, I, I, I think that you're obviously right now. I mean, I think you're the best team in your division. I don't think it's close. I think it's obviously not the jets, obviously not the Patriots. And then Miami, I don't think is there yet. I would say Miami is probably second under you guys. I think that they're doing some good things there, but I, I really like Buffalo and I was really rooting for him hard in the playoffs, I wanted them to be the AFC team in the Super Bowl. Um, was bombed when that didn't happen. But yeah, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if you guys get back there this this year. I think you guys have all the pieces. I think that 
if anything, Buffalo like just needs depth now. I don't think that like I'm trying to think in my mind. Um, and a lot of the the mocks that I've done, I have them taking either like an offensive like first round. I have them taking an offensive tackle or like an edge guy. But I think you're mm-hmm. one of those teams that there's no like there's no position, and you would know better than I because I don't watch every game. But I can't think of like a position that stands out to me as like something you really need help with. I mean, I think you're a pretty solid team. Yeah, it's been a nice change of pace uh, to, is to actually be in the draft and know that it's later in the draft and know that you truly can just take the best player available. Right. You don't have to focus on anything. You don't try to do anything crazy. I've, I said like a couple of weeks ago on the show that throughout three free agency so far, we got a little better. I don't think we, we we definitely didn't get worse in my mind. We brought back a bunch of guys and we brought in Emmanuel Sanders. We brought in some extra pieces that I think can potentially take us over the edge. I do hope to p- maybe see if one of these speed running backs falls to us. I, I, I'm i a little, I, I had a guy talk me off of it last week, but I still love the idea of having some speed at the running back, but I do love Zach Moss and I, and the, the, Chase Vernon talked me off of this last week because of the value for the pick and how little we use the running back. So he did really talk me off of the pick back to just take the best guy available. But I do want to see a speed piece in the backfield or I want to see the edge or the cornerback. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of Buffalo fans talking about a running back as well. I haven't necessarily seen the need for that. But again, I'm not a Bills fan like you guys are. But I, I really like Singletary. I really like Moss. Um, and who's the third guy that you guys? They just brought in uh, Matt Breida too, so that changed everything too because he is speed. Yeah, he is what I'm looking for actually in the backfield of speed. Well, yeah, I mean, I I could see you guys taking someone in like a mid to late round. You know, um, well, we've taken Moss and Singletary in the third the past two years. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and I agree. It doesn't necessarily fit your style. Like you have teams doing like running back by committee now, which the Rams tried last year, which I don't think will. Unless we we might have to draft someone too because we lost Malcolm Brown and don't really have anyone to replace him. So that's something that now Rams fans are like, are we going to draft somebody mid round and do that thing again? You know, running back by committee. I have no idea. Um, I don't think it's really going to be your guys' thing. I don't think you need to do that. But yeah, I mean, maybe maybe later if there's like a good value guy that falls, you know, maybe Buffalo will snatch him up. But. Um, yeah, like I said, I think with you guys, like if anything, it's just depth. It's just, just, you know, I think you guys are actually think we're going to, we're going to potentially go center. I think there's going to be some need at center. Mitch Morris is getting up there. He took a pay cut to stick around this year, but I think there is going to be a need at the center. So I I agree with you. I I am happy that we're in the position where we can just take whoever's there. That would be nice if you took Creed Humphrey, but I hope you don't because I want him. (laughs) But I I hope you don't. I I don't think he'll fall to... The Rams. Yeah, pick, that's going to be the thing, right? Is there's not going to be a lot of guys there that are you're guaranteed that are going to work, right? So you're also going to be rolling the dice if you're saying, "Hey, this is going to be our center," but you also get to sit in behind somebody that's a really good center and be like, "Look, we don't need you to be the center this year, right? We just need you to learn right. how to be the center for next year." And that's kind of the draft. Should be cool for this because in this draft, there's not a lot of like true centers. You know, I think there's a lot right. of guys that you're like, "Oh, you could probably throw him there. He's more of a guard," but. I've just noticed in this draft, there's not a lot of guys that are like a a real true center. Uh, It's just my heart's desire, I think, because we've we've shored up both tackles 
And to me, if we could get a young center that we could pair with Josh for the next five to seven, Mm -hmm. that's like, that's how you build a successful football team in the NFL, right? Like two guys that are on the same page. If if I'm the Bills, I'm taking Creed Humphrey. I'm just, that's what I would do. If you really want that true center. And like I said, I really want him as well, but I'm realistic. I don't think he's going to be there at 57 overall uh, when the Rams pick. So I think that he he will be at the Bills' first round pick. Well, yeah, I think he might. Um, and I, I'm actually thinking we might trade back too. I've been leaning that way more and more as we've brought in guys and we've signed players and we just signed two more linebackers, two more offensive linemen. It all feels to me like we're just like, yeah, let's just let's just see what happens. I mean, you're right. like I said, you guys are lucky enough to be able to kind of have that luxury to do that. Like there's no one you really desperately need in the first round. Right. I don't think it's so nice to be there for a change or after 20 years, well, especially <laughs> if you can get, and I don't even know, I don't know if it's you guys pick 30. If yeah. right. I don't know yeah, if 30. at 30, you could like trade that for like a 2022 20, first round at that point. It's like, maybe if someone is that desperate, uh, maybe, but if anything, you could get just a handful of other picks or, you know, another yeah. second. My secret little backdoor other obsession would be that Pitts starts to make a fall to like 15, 16, somewhere in there. And we just go and get them and we just add a dynamic piece at tight end. I just end. don't think so because didn't you guys, you guys. Just- yeah, we brought in Jacob Hollister. That's what I'm saying. All my heart's desires, they just keep shooting down with all these good quality pieces that they're signing like Jacob Hollister from Seattle. He's going to be a great tight end to pair with Dawson Knox who still needs to step up, but like they're killing everything. I'm like, yeah, they're going to pick this. And then they're like, now they sign another linebacker. Okay, well, yeah, let's try this. Nope. They signed that guy too. Like Bean is really good at what he does. Yeah. No, and I, I get that, but I think it's it's always nice to, you know, like I said, you, there's there's nothing that like it's like if I we don't get this position, we're screwed. You know, I think right. You know, at least you're in that position. I still feel good as long as we have a chance to win the division that we're in the playoffs. That's all you can ask for in the NFL, right? Is get in and you got a shot. Just I know get there. that's my hope, and and now with this new playoff structure, um, right. Like the NFC West, like I won't be shocked if three teams from my division right. make it. But, you know, I just as long as I'm making you make the playoffs, it's all you can really ask for. Um, because once you're there, you, anybody can win. You've got that got that chance. Yeah. So we're up. Uh, we're almost at an hour here and we actually haven't even talked about yet of what we actually were brought together to talk about. Oh, yeah. right? And so on the on the Buffalo Nerd, uh, what we like to do with every show is we like to highlight an organization or, you know, a charity or something that's doing great. So great things daily. So when I reached out to Alexis, uh, she chose the Equal Justice Initiative. Right. Um, and you'll be able to get all the info like you usually do uh, to their website and everything like that. Um I had not heard of them uh, prior to Alexis bringing this up. I'm not going to try to tell you that I did. And so I've went and started doing some research over there and yeah, it's pretty eye opening stuff that's going on over there. And, you know, I, I was taken aback by some things. There was some, I'm a numbers guy, right? So when you start throwing numbers at me and I'm looking at things, I'm going, holy crap, that's, that's not cool at all. Right. So why don't, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about why you chose, you know, to want to highlight them as the organization. Yeah, so the Equal Justice Initiative um, was founded um, in 1989 by Brian Stevenson, and he is a a pretty well-known public interest lawyer. And if you've seen the movie Just Mercy, 
with uh, Michael B. Jordan, which was a big movie um, a year or two ago. Um, that was about a book he wrote and the main character, Michael B. Jordan, played Brian Stevenson. Um, so if you've seen that movie, you know a little bit about him already. But basically, um, you know, he was a lawyer specifically, you know, for people who um, had been illegally convicted, unfairly sentenced, um, that type of thing, which was really big back then. And unfortunately, is still a big issue now. There's a lot of people um, in prison who have, you know, not been necessarily proven guilty or had a bad trial or they're, you know, you see all the time people who are found innocent years later and, uh, you know, were sent to prison for 30 years when they didn't even commit any crime. And, you know, a lot of times the justice system doesn't want to look into that and they don't want to, you know, give that attention. And so that was something that's important to me and something that the equal justice initiative, uh, really does a good job of covering and they, you know, they provide legal representation to people who have been illegally convicted, unfairly sentenced or abused um, in state jails or prisons, which unfortunately is also very common. Um, you know, they're very good about challenging death penalty cases when there's not undeniable evidence that that person committed that crime, um, you know, excessive punishment, things like that. And also working um, to end mass incarceration in the United States, which is something that, is a very big problem and something that, you know, bothers me. And I know bothers thousands of other people. You know, there's a lot of people serving very long sentences for very minor crimes. Um, there's a lot of people serving sentences, uh, you know, for things that are no longer crimes and for using and, and things that are no longer illegal and things like that. So they do a really good job over there. They're, they're definitely a very popular organization. If you want to look them up, um, um, it's eji.org uh, and there's a lot of information on their website and yeah it's just I think it's a very um, it's a very fitting organization to support at the point that we're in right now in our country especially and you know there's a lot of change that needs to happen it's not going to happen overnight but there's a lot of great organizations like the Equal Justice Initiative that are working to kind of end that problem and do what we can to kind of shed light. Cause like you said, not a lot of people know that this stuff is going on and you know, it takes, you know, sometimes it just takes really looking it up and, and reading and getting in depth about the issues to, to understand and kind of open your eyes and be like, I didn't know that this was the thing. Right. So that was actually, if anybody that's listened to the very first episode, that's the whole goal of the show, mm -hmm. right? Is I know that there is so much stuff going on out there that nobody hears about. I don't have tons of money. I don't have all the time in the world, but I do have a little bit of time. And this was meant to be my way to try to, you know, get as many people to hear about these things that are happening out there. So when I started looking at it, when you're saying the problem, I mean, that's an underestimization by a huge amount because it's an $87 billion problem, right? Mm -hmm. That's like estimated about how much it takes to run our prison systems, right? Mm -hmm. Just from day to day, run the prison system. That's $87 billion, right? So, and the organization is super cool. They do tons of different things. I mean, and yes, it's, it's death penalty stuff. They're all, they're all about, you know, getting states to abolish the death penalty and do away with things like that. Racial injustice, which is massively, a huge topic in our country right now rightfully should be right um i i felt bad reading some of these numbers that i was reading that i truly didn't know about how terrible of a place it really is out there for some people right you like i mean i know that there's things that are going on around me and i see the reality of how 
bad it really is out there. But seeing some of these numbers, they really just put things in your head that it's like, whoa, this is not just people making waves. It's not people just, you know, coming up with a story to try to, you know, do things. You know, I, some of these numbers, I was, just, I, I'm stunned that I didn't know. And I feel bad that I didn't know prior. Right. I, I feel like I truly had like blinders on to the fact that it's there. It's, you know, it's happening and you see it happening. And it's very cool that there's people like you, you know, are one, young white Caucasians in this country understand the need to stand up for everybody in this country, right? It's not just, yeah. you know, and that, so I'm not going to get on a big old soapbox and try to tell people all about, you know, how they should view the world and things like that, except for this place is doing a lot of cool things. Um, just spend some time going over to the website and taking a look and reading some of these things. And it might just change your perspective a little bit. And if you want to donate to them, absolutely donate to them because they are doing great things for all levels of people. Um, you know, it's, in the prison system, kids in the prison system, people that are mentally challenged in the prison system. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different things going on that most of us are not aware of. Right. So if you got some time, go check that out. If you can donate, donate, they actually got other cool ways you can donate. They got t-shirts, you know, there's different ways that you can represent and, you know, spread the word for them. So it's a very cool organization. Everything will be in the notes for you guys to find out about them. And I hope that everybody goes and checks it out. Alexis, thank you for bringing this to my attention and putting it in front of a bunch of more people, hopefully. Yes, no problem at all. Yeah, it's it's a great organization. And um, also, if you haven't seen that movie, it is a very, very good movie. Um, Jamie Foxx is in it, I believe, as well as Michael B. Jordan. But that kind of gives you a little bit of a background, um, not only in the issue, but of the guy who started this foundation and, and why he did it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really, you know, inspired by the work that they do and it's definitely worth looking into if you aren't familiar. Absolutely. So I told her when we started the show that we would not go over an hour. I said, no matter what, we won't go over an hour. Right. But I, I kind of am going to blame you for most of it because okay. you just kept going and you had good stuff to say. So, um, but in closing, uh, I want to thank you for being here. Absolutely. Uh, just for passing on your knowledge. Um, I had some really good insights today. I, stuff I haven't been thinking about and I see you're a fortune teller. So it's always good to chat with the future. I think um, in closing, uh, anything that you got going on, we didn't really get to touch on downtown Rams at all. I mean, you guys do a ton of stuff over there. Um, the website will be in the notes. Like I'll make sure all that stuff is there, but is there anything you want to tell people about that you're up to? Um, well, right now it's draft season. So we're really busy. Uh, we're going to be recording a couple episodes this week. So, uh, you know, even if you're not a Rams fan, you can still listen to downtown Rams, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to be covering the draft, uh, up until the draft. You can follow me on Twitter at the Alexis craft. I'm always talking football on there. I do my best to respond to everyone on there, you know, just giving my, you know, a lot of times unsolicited opinion, um, about what's going on in the NFL, uh, and the draft. And yeah, you can also follow downtown Rams on there as well. We tweet a lot of football stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's draft season. So it is very busy. It is mostly all draft related and we're almost there two and a half weeks. Very exciting. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, it's exciting to get into the draft season again. And cause that means that we're back on, we're, we're back on the football track, right? Where things are trending towards, we're going to get this season that the NFL claims we might get bodies in, you know, in full capacity, which would be very cool this year. Um, so again, Alexis, thank you very much for being here. I know your time is valuable. You're doing a bunch of other things and I appreciate that. Uh, and for everybody listening, that's been following the show. I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, please, please uh, continue to listen, leave reviews, spread around, subscribe, 
subscribe, do all that good stuff. So more people hear about Alexis and what she's talking about. And, uh, you know, we're talking about really cool organizations and everything like that. So love you guys. Thank you very much. Mask up, be safe, you know, do your thing to help everybody out. Make sure you check. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Buffalo nerd with Colt Schroeder. Before you go, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Find Colt on all social channels at the Buffalo nerd and at the Buffalo nerd.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.